amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you. It's another Monday. It's time for a podcast. I love doing these things, and I love hearing from so many of you. We could just go on and on about that. So it's Monday, May 24th, 2021. This year is going fast enough. Do not need to push it. Anyway, this podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener. I got to give a shout out to Emily Farley, who has been at Atlantic Bay, who's been a faithful listener for a long, long time. We're hearing from so many many of you. And so she represents just a large population. In fact, so much so that we're going to have her come on as a guest and talk about some things as I'm getting to know her, some of the things she's doing in leadership within her company at Atlantic Bay. It's really exciting. And of course, she's very complimentary of what the podcast has done for her and her company. So we're really excited to have you as our listeners. Again, of course, it highlights our commitment to you is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Our hot topic this week is with Stephen Cooley, back by popular demand. He's the founder and CEO of Art versus Math. What does that have to do with mortgage lending? Well, stay tuned. It's really, really excellent how he thinks. We're talking about what does disruption really mean, as well as what should mortgage tech be doing with their digital marketing? Again, it's a marketing focus, which is kind of what we did last week. And we're going to continue on that venue just a little bit. So anyway, the market has slowed down for some at the beginning of the year, not for everyone. Certainly our clients are doing really, really well. So let's say a couple thank yous. Industry Syndicate, love you guys for promoting our podcast. Check out industrysyndicate.com and all the podcasts are there. I saw an interesting article that in Inman this week, and we put a link to it, and it's this. Is the inventory dam about to burst? And it's really looking at the soaring costs of what's going on with home prices to build new homes and soaring home price appreciation. But they're talking about what could contribute to the bursting of the inventory dam. In other words, inventory coming into the market. I thought it was an interesting article. I put it in the show notes. There's so many things. We're going to start trying to highlight some of the stuff that's catching our attention out there. Also, Consultants Day that Finastra is having at their office on July 22nd in Lake Mary, Florida. We'll have more details coming out here in a few weeks about that if you want to find out what's going on at Finastra. gives you as a lender, you as a consultant, insights into what's happening with one of the leading tech companies. And they have some breaking news that we're looking forward to break here on the podcast. Also, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. So grateful for them. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. You do not have to be a member of the MBA, although you should be to get access to this app and have your voice heard on the Hill with senators and all the legislators voting on bills impacting our mortgage industry. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Thrilled to have uh, membership in both of these excellent 
to co-ops. Lenders One's got their co-op coming up in August on site. We're going to be in Florida. And I should have Mortgage Collaborative's information, but unfortunately I don't. I know they've got one plan coming up as well. So we're really excited about getting together. The Mortgage Collaboratives is in California. The Lenders One is going to be on the opposite coast in Florida. Also, CMLA stands for Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Great association that is designed more for the independent mortgage banker. They work closely with the MBA on the Hill. So support these organizations. I encourage you to. They support us, and we encourage you to support them. As well as Indicom, they have some great technology. I love the bots that they do. They have bots to help you automate the aspects of your business. You've got to check it out. Linda Bomar and I were talking again about this the other day. We had Rachel Harris and Linda Bomar on May 3rd. Go back and listen to the podcast. We covered some of those services and technologies that Indicom brings and helps lenders. Of course, they're outsourcing too, so you can definitely use them in many, many fronts. Very large, very successful company, a dominant in the marketplace. Also, Incelerate, where leading edge technology, more expertise, and pre-designed campaigns come together to enhance the borrower engagement. Josh Friend did a great podcast, still getting downloads from August 17th last year. So check out that podcast from several months ago. Also, Knowledge Cube, if you're looking for a great trading program, what Ken Perry and his team of amazingly talented people has developed is very good. Check out the knowledgecoop.com. We're part of the Coop and we are part of their online training program. So we host material up there and we'll be hosting a lot more in years months ahead. Anyway, Mobility MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, is a great tool, as is Modex for recruiting and helping you in your recruiting needs. Check out both of these companies at our website, lickingonlending.com, as well as going to their independent websites. We use both of them. They're a great complement to each other, but you should, if you're needing recruiting tools, check these two out. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Alan, Matt, Rob, and Les for their contributions to the podcast each and every week. Let's get over to Rob Van Raphorse with this week's Mortgage minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rappers. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, MBA submitted comments to the CFPB supporting its proposed rule to delay the implementation of the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act's final rules by 60 days to January 29, 2022. CFPB will review the public comments and determine if and how long to delay the implementation. Also last week, the House of Representatives passed H.R. 3008, the Home Buyer Assistance Act of 2021. MBA supported the legislation and sent a letter of support to the House in advance of consideration. And finally, according to MBA's latest forbearance and call volume survey, the total number of loans now in forbearance has decreased to 4.22%, and 2.1 million homeowners are currently in forbearance plans. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Yeah, My feeling is if you look at the pent-up demand in the marketplace, I think anything that's going to be coming into the inventory as a result of foreclosures, again, hate to see people lose their homes, but if you can't afford it, time for you to move on and that house come back into the housing inventory. And that sounds so heartless, but that's the reality. Can't pay, you can't stay. One of those things. And we are in a place where there were extenuating circumstances, but those extenuating circumstances are changing. So it's time to find a way to get that resolved. So you stay in your home. And if you can't, sorry, got to move on. And that housing supply is desperately needed. Other aspects that could come to play in that. Oh yeah, MBA, before I leave that, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app and get your voice heard on the Hill. Now, let's get over to Les Parker. He and Gary Cantrabone combine their talents each week to produce the TM Spotlight, 
and a macro view of the markets with the music parody. So what you got for us, Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. What does debt matter to you? When you've got a job to do, but you don't do it well. Fed's got to give the poor zombies help. Few policymakers say, let firms go bankrupt. Yet their support with zombie-friendly rates interfere with the emergence of more productive competitors. The Fed sees no inflation above 2% for three years largely due to excess debt. So, global central bankers continue to feed 20 to 30% of companies that can't make enough profits to cover debt payments. Zombie companies drag on world resources and keep finding money to devour worthlessly. No life, just debt. Or is it living death? Live and let die. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Good job, Les Parker. Appreciate it. That song brings back some memories. Let's get over to our good friend, Matt Graham, president and founder of MBS Live. They're in Portland, Oregon, but serves the market nationwide with an update on the markets. Looking at the 10-year, looking pretty favorable right at the moment. What's going on, friend? We blame you. Right, right. You were blaming me for things going the other way for so long. We have to give credit for the recovery here over the past few weeks. So um, just to revisit something you were just talking about, the forbearance inventory thing, such an interesting topic. No new news here from our end last week, but I just figured I'd mention it. How many of those in forbearance really need to be or are just taking advantage of the situation? I mean, I know there are times in my life where if the news was telling me that I could go ahead and have a relatively consequence-free forbearance, I'd probably just do it. And mm-hmm. uh, when they told me I'd stop, I'd start making my payments again. So those people obviously aren't going to be adding to inventory. And the nice thing, I think you felt bad for saying hey, if you can't afford it, time to move on. It's not really a heartless or a a super negative thing in this environment because there's probably a lot more equity in those homes, especially relative to where they were at the start of the pandemic, given what home prices have done. So yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see how things shake out and the inventory situation in general and COVID-related supply constraints factored into some of the interesting things that happened last week as well. Let's get to them now. So you remember the taper tantrum. We talked a little bit about that last time. It was burned in the memory of any rate watcher or mortgage originator that was active in 2013. And it was one of the sharpest rate spikes we've ever had. And for those that are unfamiliar, in a nutshell, it was driven by the Fed finally indicating that it would decrease its bond buying program, gradually taper it off. And it was just really a warning at the time until June. But in the month of May 2013, they were just talking about the fact that it was coming. And then it wasn't until June 21st that it actually made it into the Fed announcement. And there was a ton of drama in May, well before the official announcement. Now, fast forward to the future. You can Mm -hmm. look at last week's Fed minutes as being the first indication since the pandemic began that they are looking at opening the conversation about tapering, at least if you were really trying to look hard for that kind of thing. And so it's relatively stunning that last week's trading range in 10-year yields was the narrowest it's been since January. The Fed is going to mention tapering Mm -hmm. for the first time since the pandemic, yet the trading range is going to be super duper narrow. 
there's a reason that that was able to happen. It's because they've been very, very clear on yeah. what their reaction function is going to be when it comes to actually tapering. And we also know that when the Fed says something like a number of participants, which is what they used in this case, that means four, four participants. And I'll read <laughs> you the exact verbatim text. A number of participants suggested that if the economy continued to make rapid progress toward the committee's goals, it might be appropriate at some point in upcoming meetings to begin discussing a plan for adjusting the pace of asset purchases. If that's not really noncommittal, I'm not sure what is. And naturally, if the economy did amazingly well, then yeah, it might be appropriate to discuss that in the future at some point. And realistically, that's no different than what Powell has been saying when people have asked him about tapering every single appearance he's made in the last two or three months. And every other Fed speaker that's been on the circuit has been clear in saying, hey, it's not time yet. We're going to keep accommodating until the pandemic is clearly suppressed enough that we don't have to worry about it. And that's that. And that we know there's going to be inflation. In fact, a little bit contrary to what Les said, and might just be because it's new information as of a few minutes ago, just this morning, Bullard said he expects above 2% inflation this year and next. And they're hoping that it's mostly going to be temporary factors, but some of it could filter through to inflation expectations. And the Fed continues to assure us that if that happens, they have the tools to address it. We can't really know if that if it's going to happen or not. This is a, a situation where we're all really flying blind. We don't have a past precedent to compare the current situation to the current economic recovery. And so we have to wait and see. And bond markets are very much reflecting that wait and see mentality with yields holding in a very narrow range last week, mm -hmm. but even beyond last week, a narrow range in a slightly broader context too. And just for those that really want to follow along at home, if we're talking about 10-year yields, even though mortgage rates aren't based directly on 10-year yields, this is where we look for broad bond market momentum. The narrower range from last week, 1.6 to 1.69-ish, and then the broader range, 1.53 to 1.75-ish, give or take. So we're waiting to see a break below 1.53 or a break above 1.75, and that would need to be driven by some sort of consistent theme in the econ data. And we might be waiting all the way until next Friday's jobs report before we can really get enough information to make that determination. Speaking of jobs reports, weaker than expected jobs report. The most recent one had not come out yet by the time the Fed had this meeting where this and uh, a lot of market participants were saying, yeah, they may have said that, but if they had seen the jobs report, they might not have even mentioned it. Yep. Uh, and again, just because they mentioned it doesn't really mean they're starting the conversation. It's just a reiteration of what a few of the speakers, especially Kaplan, have been saying in the past few weeks. Some of them want to start tapering right now but that's not the consensus. Anyway, a very narrow trading week, and it could be narrow again this week. Our market movers in terms of economic data don't really hit until Thursday, and those would include things like jobless claims, durable goods, and the end of the treasury auction cycle. Then on Friday, we have core PCE, PCE inflation forecasts to jump up to 2.9% from 1.8. It's a huge number, just like CPI at 3% was huge. But markets took that in stride. No reason to think they wouldn't be able to do the same with an analogous number in PCE. And really, all we can do is just sort of guard the boundaries of that trading range, observe how bonds are reacting to the econ data, and sort of adjust accordingly. But for all intents and purposes, this continues to be the intermission of the big market move that started off 2021. And it's an intermission that could result in the show continuing afterwards, or 
know, the usher could come out and say, sorry, folks, show's over. You can yep. go back toward lower yields because the economy is not recovering like we thought it would. And uh, thank you very much and have a nice day. So watching and waiting, yeah. Dave, what could be better? Yeah. And I, I love the live news stream that's on your feed. That's excellent. How's the inventory May 24th update? Inventory increased. It's interesting week over week, modest as it may have been. Interesting, but also down the bop right hand corner where it talks about active window height and it shows up what you can put up here and there's all the things you could check. Again, this is such a rich website that you've created and there's always things you can just continue to find out here. So uh, very good job of what you've developed here all the way around. And I love your new mobile app as well. You could go on and no, on thank about you. I'm a big fan of MBS Live Net. .net. So, kid folks, you can get set up on that. Matt's been gracious to extend to our listing audience an extended free period to get used to it and use it. I think once you get on it, you'll get hooked like I did, and you'll be there a lot. Have it up all the time. So, very good. What you have to do is put in LOL when signing up in the code and extends your trial period, and it does require a credit card. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. You're very welcome. Have a great week, Dave. You bet. Appreciate you. All right. Alice Alvey wrote me and said she is not going to be able to make it. We had one of her employees call in sick, unfortunately. Wish that person well. And Alice is such a valuable contributor each and every week, as each of our people are. So we're going to miss Alice's report here. Let's get right on over into Alan Pollack, who is here with us. Alan, so fun to get caught up with you this last week. There's so much going on out there with you and the world, and I wish we could talk about it all. But anyway. Yeah, always fun stuff. David, so last week we talked about all the cool things going on with POT. Really, really interesting conversation. It made me think about all the times we've talked about bots in the past. In addition right. to that, it made me think about the amount of ways that you really could benefit. And so I found that GM Financial, there's a lot of companies on this list, but I thought this was the most interesting. They saw a lot during the pandemic. They saw live requests on its mobile app soar after COVID hit, and their AI assistants wound up handling 50 to 60% of live requests and really? resolved 90% of those questions without any human intervention at all. So yeah. it's very impressive. If you think about all the borrowers, member experiences that we put the homeowners through, refinance or purchase. Refinances, depending if you're a financial institution or not, you have access to the data. You have access to information that would really personalize that experience. But anyways, great, great topic overall. Maybe we'll dive into it a little bit more next week or in the following weeks. But David, I wanted to get to, speaking of pandemic, remember we talked about Zoom a few times? Well, get this, 3 million people use Zoom in 2013. Okay. In 2021, more than 200 million people are now using Zoom. And yeah, I was thinking today when I was driving, now that everybody's getting back to some normalization and it's safe to go out and about, has the viewership or users in Zoom dropped or has it stayed the same? And I don't know the number. I'd be interested to know that, especially within our industry and all of the borrowers and real estate agents that are doing Zoom calls in order to see properties and to perform all those activities. But along with 200 million, who has more users than 200 million, David? Snapchat, 500 million monthly really? users. Yes. And what's crazy about that is this. They are going to move into e-commerce. They're going to do virtual clothing try-on. You can be able to copy outfits and change them. Why is this important? Because millennials, 1980-plus, as far as birth year, they continue to take over uh, major, major contributors to GDP. 
We know they're all digital. They have no loyalty to brands. They just want what they want when they want it. Uh, and they like fintech and all the cool stuff. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of legal issues, but just think about the technology that Snapchat's using, whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or somebody else. I guarantee you there's going to be some cultural shift where we start mixing high tech, big tech with the housing market. And mm. imagine driving by a house. I mean, look at when you use Waze right now, if you stop at an intersection, it tells you, you know, you'd be yeah. interested in some Wawa gasoline and, a, and a, an iced coffee and a turkey sandwich. Imagine <laughs> stopping at a red light and saying, there's two open houses. Would you like me to take you there right now? And as you're yep. driving there, it's telling you what your estimated monthly payments are because it knows about your financial situation. Yeah. So we're going to get there. Scary, yeah. right? Yeah. I like that's what some of the things that Form Freeze developed. Brent and his team has developed this really interesting how you can turn your passbook on or you store the data and then you open it up and share it if you want to, or you hold on to it. And I think it's about data usage. That's one of the things that's going to be shifting yeah. as we move forward. So that's really good stuff. Very true. Here's another one, David. This one's pretty cool. Stavvy, S-T-A-V-V-Y. You're probably mm-hmm. scratching your head trying to say, why have I heard their name before? You remember mm-hmm. we talked, Flagstar had a mortgage cohorts program where they were basically yeah. investing in these fintech companies. Well, mm-hmm. Stavvy was one of them. And they were helping to bridge the gap between some of the different tools that banks and credit unions need to use and having less vendor oversight and more more streamlined process. Well, they just raised $40 million in a Series A by Morningside Technology Ventures. We've talked about them in the past. Anyways, they're going to be adding resources to engineering, security, trust, product, industry relations, etc. That's right from their press release. And they're basically trying to facilitate a faster borrower communication and closing as servicers work through loan mods, referrals, and forbearance. So basically, they're focused on bringing the transaction closer to the borrower and streamlining the process. Back to the GM financial using bots to eliminate a lot of that human interaction. It's a really interesting. $40 million is a lot of money, but if you've ever watched the TV show Silicon Valley, it can go pretty fast. Mm-hmm. just can't yep. throw a $20 million party. Figure securities, right? Remember Mike Cagney from one of the yeah. original SoFi founders? Well, figure securities, we've talked about them. They've got blockchain for loans. Their blockchain system or their DLT platform is used to manage outstanding loan information, related data. Well, anyways, get this. They just got approval from the SEC to serve as a broker-dealer and operate as an SEC-registered alternative trading system. Hmm. And they realized that they had to go out and do this. Their blockchain platform is called Providence. And in order to manage this blockchain process, putting loans on it and going through this process, they needed to get this approval from the SEC, and that just happened. So really interesting to see what's going to happen there. As I was investigating a little bit more about that story, I ran into a lot of articles that said 2020 was going to be the year of blockchain. 2020 is saying 2021 is going to be the year of blockchain. I'm not sure. We're halfway through the year, just about, right? Is it 2021? Is it 2022? Is it more of a five-year plan? There's a lot going on in blockchain. A lot of people are focused on it. Probably a whole separate show, David, but blockchain continues to make a little bit of splash here and there. We talked last week, David, about LMA or ICE mortgage technology. More specifically, you remember I talked about communication, how borrowers and lenders agreed on that information. And I said that 72% of lenders felt borrowers were satisfied with the amount of communication that they were doing. I had another aspect of that that I wanted to say that more than half of those lenders, 72% of lenders felt borrowers were satisfied with the amount of communication. More than half, 74% of those said they contacted borrowers at least once a week to update them on the status. 
and they surveyed borrowers, and 77% of those borrowers said they had just about the right amount of communication. What does that mean? Do we run after technology? Do we not run after technology? Or do we run after a managed services concept like we heard last week? Really interesting, and, and I'm willing to bet those borrowers don't make up a large percentage of the market because you and I both well know that we don't want to have to go find information. We want to receive it, especially if right. there's something needed from us or there was an expectation. Nobody wants to wait anymore. Our brains have already been trained in that direction. I wouldn't give up on your digital strategy to potentially find ways to interact and engage further with your customers. Actually, you will probably have a couple of pieces of interesting information about being a lender and marketing and, and communication. But the reality is, David, that whether it's chatbot, whether it's physically just doing messages on your own, it's your drip campaigns, especially at that point of sale experience. Remember, we talked about gamification of the technology. Mm -hmm. We're still focused on the borrower. We're still focused on trying to attain new customers and then have the loyalty of those existing customers. So really, really important is how we bridge that technology piece together. So interesting numbers, by the way, from the Ice Mortgage Technology Survey. You can just Google it, and there's great information. And then, of course, you can buy the full report if you're interested in it. The only other thing, David, I really want to mention this week is I know of two or three different people that are looking to hire in mortgage technology. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to get into product management, product delivery, business analysis, there are multiple opportunities right now available. Feel free to reach out to me. How to get me. It's Alan, A-L-L-E-N at TMS-advisors.com. And I look forward to the second half of our segment and thanks for listening. Yes. Good report. Thanks, Alan. Again, there's so much going on. Are you going to be able to stay on and participate when we get to the hot topic segment with Stephen? Hopefully so. I will be here to speak with Mr. Stephen. Good. Folks, that wraps up this week's weekly mortgage update. Also next week, we've got Jason coming in. He's EVP of the Money Source. Really excited to have Jason on. I've met with him in their offices. We're going to talk a lot about servicing. That's going to be a topic. You say, does that have to do with technology? Well, it's getting to be more and more technology. So Jason does a great job. The whole Money Source group do a great job on their subservicing. They have a lot of clients moving off of other systems onto the Money Source system. So be sure to tune in next week as we dial into the topic of servicing and all that's going on at The Money Source. Appreciate you being here. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, Mobility, MMI, and Modex, MBA, KnowledgeCoop, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative. Folks, good to have you with us. Appreciate you all very much. Have a great week, and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.